All right, everyone, we're back after a a week long hiatus. I, there's there's a lost there's a lost episode, kind of like uh, I was here. I was talking with my dad about the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Apparently, it was three hours long in the original cut, and uh, they had to cut it down. And there's no no one knows where the lost footage is, so it's kind of the same thing. I would love to see. It's under John Candy's chins and is in his grave. That was a terrible joke. (laughs) I would love to see the uh, three-hour version of that movie. That's what I was going to say. I would love to see it. It's always a shame, you know, being a filmmaker myself. uh, You know, hearing that someone has to separate themselves from so much footage, you know, because that movie ended up being what? Like, it was like just over two hours probably. They had to probably cut off a third of that movie. Well, I think it it was even like an hour and a half or something. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. So you're, you're talking about cutting half of that movie away. That is uh, not an easy thing to do. They still managed to make a good product, though. Um, also, I mean, Lee, I was thinking maybe at the end of the show we could try and do the try and call Crehan, talk to him about yeah. his experience on uh, Zolak and Beetle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear what he thinks also just kind of about the prospects in, uh, in Foxborough. Yeah. Tommy, did you show Tommy that? I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm in the dark here. I'm in the dark here. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy's in the dark. Crean called into a uh, a local Boston like sports radio show, and um, he was he was bringing out the stat book on uh, this <laughs> Thursday night matchup. He was talking about, you know, if they, the, every time the Rams have let up over 250 passing yards, they've lost. Do you think there's any chance that the Patriots are going to pass for over 250 yards? And the, the guys basically laughed him off the station. I mean. <laughs> And I'll be honest, they mistreated him. Like they I agree. I didn't think it was that bad of a question. Him. It was yeah. a valid question. It was well phrased. He brought the stats with him. And, you know, there was more than just the passing yards. He was bringing up some other things. And the guys basically scoffed at it. Um, but, yeah, it was great to hear Crehan kind of – Crehan's back in the old stomping grounds at Boston and Beantown. He's a local. He's just trying to get his voice heard on the uh, local sports radio. So it's a shame that they couldn't be a little bit more, you know – kind to him um yeah so the the uh, before we get going here i feel bad because we're gonna get the uh, the trivia show in with dolan but i did have a trivia if you guys wanted to do it oh let's go it's a it's a only it's a single question so you got it's just one um so this player was drafted in the first round to the kansas city chiefs in 2006 oh Dwayne bow no Oh, Tom Bali. Yes. Dorsey. Tommy. Tom Bali. Yep. I thought it was Glenn Dorsey. Tom Bali was a great, great player. I want to say I, I'm pretty sure it went Tom Bali, Dwayne Bow the next year, and then Dorsey in '08. Yeah, I guess Dorsey. Good move, Holly. Holly was a great player. Penn State. Born in Liberia. That was the second question. That was the second hint. Um, let's go to the uh, the Patriots and the Rams. Uh, Thursday night football. Patriots are plus five. Um, I don't know how to feel about this one. The Rams have uh, played some pretty good football over the past few weeks. Last week they kind of just beat the beat the Cardinals pretty soundly. The game wasn't really that close. Um, Patriots kicked the crap out of the Chargers. Uh, like what was it 42 to nothing at the end 35 nothing 45 45 45 yeah so it was a it was a beat down 
there in LA. So interesting Patriots are playing at SoFi uh, two weeks in a row. So probably don't have to deal as much with the, the travel uh, already being there for Thursday night. I'm going to go with the Rams minus five. Yeah, I this is a really interesting juncture, I think, for uh, for the Patriots specifically, because we're looking at a team that after that, I'm forgetting exactly what week it was. I think it was like week eight, maybe they lose to the Bills on the Newton fumble coming off the blowout to the Niners at home and you lose to the Broncos the week before. So so that's, you know, you're, you're riding a four game losing streak. They barely can beat the Jets. And then all of a sudden. Outside of their blemish in Houston, which has kind of been a live Houston team, this team hasn't lost a game. You know, and they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Ravens, they beat you know the Chargers, they beat some decent teams, um, and now they got a short week going to play the Rams. Both of them coming off of like you said, Clep, big wins. Um, scream, stay away to me. I'm already yeah. bad on Thursday night, so I'm not going to try to like play around with, you know, coach quarterback Thursday night who's because I think you can kind of split it down the middle. Um, honestly, I'm really excited to watch this game. I think these are two playoff teams, possibly. I think the New England Patriots absolutely are still live to go 9-7 and seven, um, and get that playoff spot. And this could be a, end up being a big game. After this game, they play the rest of the division. It's Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Um, and I think that all these are winnable games for the Patriots. I think this Rams uh, game is going to be really big for them. So I expect this one to be close. Um, but like I said, man, I really don't have a feel. Honestly, in pick'em, I'm probably going to pick the Patriots in this game because I believe in this Patriots team. And there was a there was a small portion of the year where I kind of sold my Patriots stock, and I was like, man, all that stuff we were saying after the Seattle game week two could have just been, you know, way too early reactions. But I think that this is a for real Patriots team that isn't necessarily world beaters and not what we're used to, but they're well coached. They play hard, and if Newton can limit the mistakes, uh, I think this is a really competitive team. So I'm picking the upset on Thursday night. Yeah, I made this line three and a half for the Rams, so I think the value is definitely on the Pats. Um, I It opened at six. That was super surprising to me. I guess six and a half, actually, it opened at. Um, you know, I'm, I'm with you guys. This is a stay away for me, too. I, I definitely won't be playing it. It's, it's Patriots or nothing for me, but... I do think the Rams um, just have a little bit more upside. Um, you know, I think the way the Patriots win this game is by Belichick giving Goff hell, which I think is very possible. Um, but I do think the Patriots are a little bit one-dimensional offensively. And I think that the Rams, you know, McVay is one of the better coaches in the NFL. This guy Staley, their defense is playing really well. I think this Rams team is looking to be one of the better teams in the NFL right now. Um, and I don't think this is really a referendum on the Patriots. I just think it's more of the Rams really starting to hit their stride right now. Um, so I'll, I'll be picking the Rams, going to stay away, but there's no way that I'd touch the five or the six with the Rams. I think this is going to be you know, a, a slugfest of a game, probably relatively low scoring with the Rams. I think they just have a little bit more upside and a little bit more dynamicism. So I'm going to take, uh, take the Rams. Cam Akers. Former former uh, draft guy of mine starting to come into his own down there in LA. So I'm uh, I'm pumped to watch this game with you guys too. The Denver Broncos are going to visit the Carolina Panthers. Coming off the bye, Panthers are sitting at four wins, four and eight. So they've got uh, four games left to to go two and two here 
Uh, so uh, it's and it's going to start off with a home win against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I like them a lot here, minus three and a half. Um, you know, maybe if you want to feel a little bit safer, just take them on the money line. But I think that this is a good good spot for the Panthers coming off of a, a week off with a Broncos team that doesn't exactly threaten uh, you too much offensively with Drew Locke still just making mistakes week in and week out and not taking care uh, of the football. So I, I like the Panthers minus three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you, Pop. I'm probably going to be picking the Panthers in this game, but another game that, I mean, once maybe it's just me, but once we get to this point where we're in the final four weeks of the season, four or five weeks, um, these teams that are clearly kind of not going anywhere kind of come out of the woodwork, um, and there's a few of those matchups that we're about to go through, and this is one of them, and I just don't, I don't really feel comfortable betting on either team just because they are, you know, they don't have neither team has really that much to lose, um, but yeah, I'm more comfortable back in the Panthers here at home off the bye. Denver coming off a hard-fought loss against the Chiefs, where I think they put a lot into that game, um, and yeah, I mean, Denver is going to start to have to assess kind of what direction they want to go in offensively in the future because um, Drew Lock and even Vic Fangio, um, you know, it's not really working out. For the Broncos, so trade that first, baby. Should be, yeah, should be interesting to see. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Panthers here. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I made this Panthers minus four. Um, I think the Panthers are, are the side. I'm, I'm with Lee though. Like, and I'm, I guess Clef, you're kind of in the same boat. There's no, I'm not going to touch this game. Um, because you know, I with Carolina, I think their offense is is pretty live. McCaffrey's supposed to be back, which should be a nice boost. But I think if there's any, the Denver's defense, I think, isn't too bad. And if there's any game for Denver's O to get right, I think it could be against this Carolina team. It really just comes down to how turnover-prone Drew Locke is going to be. But, you know, I think Denver has a really bright future offensively once they get the quarterback position right. You know, Judy um, being who he is, and then K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant. And they have a pretty good run game, too, with Phillip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. So I think that Denver's going to be able to stay alive in this game just because of the deficiencies really on Carolina's uh, defense. But I'm not going to be picking them. I'm going to be staying away, and uh, I'm going to be taking Carolina to win. The Texans are traveling to Chicago to play the Bears. Bears started off 5-1, and one, now have lost six straight uh, to go to 5-7. and seven. The free fall uh, is in full swing in Chicago. I kind of like it to, to keep going. Um, the Bears offense does not really do anything remotely well. And uh, the defense has been not so great uh, the last two weeks against the Lions and Packers giving up 41 and then 34 points. Um, some of that obviously with Lions, you know, fumbling inside the 10, allowed to get a touchdown, but still Matt Stafford passed uh, for close to 400 yards. He may have even gone over that. I'm not, I don't quite remember, um, but I think, too, just a quick aside also, I mean, Khalil Mack's got to play a little bit better, all right? A lot of times, uh, you know, analysts on TV, color the color guys will try and show how he's making plays without filling up the stat sheet and stuff, but how about we start filling up the stat sheet a little bit? I mean, he's a, he's a great player, but still, I just don't think he's been um, nearly as effective the last two years as um, people try and say he has been. Uh, I like the Texans. By the way, Bears 0-4 all time against Houston. Just just saying. So uh, Interesting. give me the Texans minus one and on the money line. 
Um, in the first <clears throat> uh, edition, the the one that isn't in the lost files of, of the of me and Tommy episodes where Klepp couldn't join us, I kind of slipped up on my words and said that the Texans were getting hot, and <laughs> I didn't even necessarily mean to say it. But it totally was true. Like, like they won that game against Jacksonville, and then they were just tearing off wins. Um, that Will Fuller suspension obviously was pretty detrimental to them. But, I mean, this is a team that was down six points on the five-yard line with, you know, a minute and a half or two minutes to go against the Colts on the road last week. And they fumbled the game away. Right? At home. Yeah, yeah, my bad. And you fumbled a game away there, you know, possibly. We're I think talking it was about an Indy. Sorry. It, was it an Indy? Yeah, I think it was. No. The, Houston was wearing their red uniforms. Hey, maybe you're right. Maybe. I don't know, man. I'm looking it up home right now. Home field advantage doesn't even look matter up, this look year. Up. Look it up. But home, The point is that the Texans are hot, man. This is a team that's good, and Deshaun Watson keeps them in games. And uh, it's not a best bet because I don't trust either of these teams that much. But I'm all over Houston minus one. Um, and man, I mean, I know it's kind of become like an overused joke, but, uh, the whole bears Trubisky situation, I mean, wow, just watching it all play out the way it did from us laughing on the floor of Sealy one, when Trubisky gets drafted to, there's a period of, you know, were we completely wrong? Like not that Trubisky was necessarily playing at any super caliber, but it was working. Like the bears were winning games. And then I make the prophecy that he played his biggest game in the history of his career. And now look at what has happened. His career has just completely unfolded. The Bears, Ryan Pace is out. Matt Nagy might be out. You know, the quarterback situation is going to be reassessed. So, yeah, this is a sell spot on the Bears. And I'm honestly kind of surprised, even if it is, you know, Chicago, 30 degrees and windy, I'm still surprised that this line is as small as it is. I would expect it to be closer to three. Klepp, any update on where that? Uh, oh, it was in was Houston. It was in Houston. I, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, line to open at two and a half. I pinned it at two and a half, and it looks like we're getting some Bears money, which kind of makes sense. I I agree with you guys, kind of on the periphery, but uh, the more and more I think about this game, the more and more I kind of want to stay away from it. Um, Deshaun Watson is playing like a top three quarterback in the league right now. The loss of Will Fuller, um, you know, obviously was something that Lee and I in, in the in the uh, the episode that was never released last week, uh, that was something that we both <laughs> talked about and mentioned is how is the uh, Houston's offense going to look with, you know, Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti and these guys being um, kind of the, the focal Kuti's point Kuti's a good player, offense. man. He, he is a good player. And, I mean, he had that great – not great, but he had a nice rookie year and then kind of has – been uh been in the uh, the doghouse I guess at least last year and then this year he got hurt he hurt his ankle last yeah. year I think no I mean you're probably right I just remember him yeah. being like a uh you know an impact rookie but um you know I'm gonna be picking Houston maybe I'll bet this this game but at the same time Chicago David Montgomery is gonna have a big game against Houston's run defense um one of the few you know big games that he's gonna be able to have he had a nice game last week against Detroit. Uh, and then Houston's def- I mean, uh, Chicago's defense, I still think, is pretty good. And I think Houston's defense is not very good either. So, um, you know, I think that Chicago's going to be able to get some offense going. Um, you know, I'm going to be picking picking Houston, but I guess I'm kind of just making a case for the Bears 
not being a complete you know doormat and kind of backing up where the market's going with this game and why you're seeing some money coming on Chicago. So um, I'm with you guys. I'm going to be picking Houston, but I think this is more of a stay away from me. Um, not much to say on this next one, but Tommy, you just want to take us through it quickly. Yeah, Cowboys Bengals. Um, I'm actually pretty confident in the Cowboys in this game. I think I'm going to bet them. Um, I think if we want to touch on the game last night, the you know the Cowboys obviously left some some points on the board, but I thought that was a you know kind of good performance from them. I'm not going to lie; it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, maybe I'm just still overrating the Ravens' defense. But you want to keep thought, the fat man? You know what? I don't really. Uh, I don't really know what we to got think rid on. of our fat man in Detroit, and you want to keep the fat man in Dallas. <laughs> well, Leah, I might be, I might be moving into your position as a fat man apologist. Um, I think it just really, maybe I'm in the bubble, but you know, is he Freddie Kitchens? Does he really deserve to be, you know, in, in a in a pure thought experiment sense? I would love to have Joe Brady or Brian Dable. Like that all makes all makes sense to me, but I still don't think that McCarthy has gotten a fair shake um, just because of the hand. Get him out of there. Dealt. Get him out of there. I'll, I'm gonna go full full reversal on my take that he, he was the best hire and just get it. He's got to go. They don't play for him. No, yeah. they don't. I mean, that's. The I will have you guys know. Yesterday's game was the first game like all year that I just didn't really watch. Yeah, I watched uh, I mean, uh, Days of Heaven. Terrence Malick. Is that because I because I sent you that Snapchat? It was, it was, was on picture. Our, it was on a. It was on our list, and you know, you sent the picture and. That was kind of how uh, kind of how it went down. Artistic sidebar, my 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 photos were were pretty days of heaven esque. Little Terrence Malick esque <laughs> with that that golden hour down at the beach well, the, by myself, the solo walks, the listening was. listening to a little Nicholas Jar and the Police solo walk, late night solo walk, sunset solo walk, I should say. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap this up real quick. Um, the Bengals are garbage, man, especially without Burrow. They are, their offense sucks and their defense sucks. And the Cowboys, their defense, I think the Bengals offense just doesn't scare me. Even if Mixon comes back, he'll be able to run on the Cowboys run D, but I just don't really see, is it Brandon? I mean, it's Finley, right? Cause Allen got hurt. I'm pretty sure against Miami. I guess I we, hope it's Finley. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I'll die on the Ryan Finley gives you a better chance to win than Brandon Allen Hill any day of the week. What about Easton Stick? I love Easton. Easton Stick hasn't played an NFL game yet, so I mean he's probably he's had he's, some nice moments in preseason. He's going to be one of those guys who's kind of just like probably a career backup, or you know maybe he'll get a chance somewhere someday. But yeah, yeah, I, I'd love to see Easton Stick slot in somewhere and you know see what he can do. There's a, yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple of guys in the uh, in the NFL universe that just need the back judge boys to break into a front office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tommy, I like what you said about Dallas. Like, I think Dallas is. I was I was just gonna wrap spot. it up. I said I thought Dallas was gonna be six point favorites before this game, and I made the I did that line before I saw the game yesterday, and Dallas lost a lot. I mean, left a lot of points on the board. Their line missed three field goals. Um, they probably should have covered against the Ravens. Uh, and Cincinnati is just, they might be the worst. I mean, I think they're probably worse than the Jets right now, I'd say. I'd take the Jets over Cincinnati on neutral um, or even in Cincinnati. Mixon's out again, so, too. Uh, I just think Cincinnati's. What's that? Mixon's out again, too. Oh, he is officially? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's even more of a reason to, to back the Cowboys. You are backing the Cowboys, though. I will say that. 
Something you've done more than me, Lee, surprisingly. I have. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, like, I know I've been made yeah. a fool to by backing this team. Um, but, yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, I think the Cowboys are the side. Um, I'd be, I would definitely be interested in placing a wager on the Cowboys. Nothing too major. But um, the total's really... 42. Sorry, Lee, but the total's 42 and a half. Cowboys team total, man. That just might be where I attack it. Just take the spread out of it. And um, I don't know. The Bengals defense has been kind of scrappy recently. Um, eh. I will say. Yeah, I mean, Tua, I don't think, played especially well against them. And still, though, I mean, without. Since uh, Burrow's gotten hurt, they've like. They let up 17 or 19 points to the Giants and, you know, 17 or whatever, 20 points to, to uh, Miami. So. Yeah, I'm just still, saying, you know, they, they haven't point. necessarily laid down for anybody. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think Dallas is, is the way to go. Um, I, I will agree. I like I like Dallas minus three and a half. I, I think it's a good bet. Um, Titans and Jags, not too much here either. I don't think Minshew's back or if they're just not starting him just to make sure they can tank for that second pick. Um I like the Titans, I guess, although they kind of are just a weird team where they have games against the Colts that make you think that they're going to start making a run and be one of the better teams in the AFC again, and then games like last week where you just get blown out of the water by the Browns at halftime. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'll take the, the Titans. I just wouldn't bet it just because they're so volatile. I'm definitely going to consider betting the Jags here at seven and a half. Yeah. I mean, this is a Jags team that has been seven and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half, twelve and a half the past four or five weeks, and every single game it comes down to a two point conversion as to whether or not they're going to you know yeah. win or, or force overtime. Like this is a team that say what you want about them, do not think they're going to win this game, but played Tennessee extremely close in the first matchup. I don't think Mike Glennon is like a downgrade by any means from uh, Minshew or Lutton. And, you know, this team is, you know, they're scrappy and they're, they're playing hard and they're at home and it's a divisional AFC South game. And I mean, I guess you've got to make the line over seven for the fact that Tennessee's coming off like a bad loss. And this is the time of year and the time of the type of game that you like need to win. But man, I mean, how many times can they put Jacksonville over seven before it just starts becoming something that, you know, this Jags team is, they've played better teams harder than, you know, than, than seven, you know, with Tennessee. So I think that I don't have the stones to make it a best bet, but I think that I, I if I'm playing this game on Sunday or, or leading up to Sunday, I'm, I'm on Jacksonville. Yeah, Lee, I mean, that's kind of the same case I made last week in the, uh, the graveyard episode, kind of against Minnesota. Um, and I think, Maybe, you know, you kind of were giving me a little pushback, uh, you know, but I think this is a very similar handicap, man. I think Minnesota and Tennessee are kind of similar teams. Um, both have really suspect secondaries and no, no pass rush. And both, I would say Minnesota's, you know, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and then Phelan and Jefferson. Uh, I'd probably give the edge to the Vikings, but still, those Corey are... Corey Davis just put me in the dirt. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't check the app that often. I think I checked it three or four times in the win. And every time I check, he's got 13 more points in the last time. It's like, what is he doing where he's getting all these points? He's accumulating all these points. It's like you can't stop at 22. Like, it's not enough. 
you got to friggin' go to 29 and up the ante. Anyway. Once, hey, uh, hey, once it was good like for him. 35. I mean, dude, he's had a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a year. Great year. It's, it, it, and it's a contract, contract year. year. Fifth year option top decline. Five pick. A lot of people kind of scoffed at it, you know, after his rookie season. And this is a guy who, I mean, forget the whole top five pick thing. This is a guy who's earning a contract right now. And he's absolutely been a viable option for this Tennessee team. And a pretty big part of the reason why their offense is, you know, as dynamic as it is at times. Yeah, once, yeah. The, once the Browns were up like 35 zip, I knew it was going to be a big second half. Yep. Which I was love to see. <laughs> And then we got oh, the yeah. and then we got the garbage time Tanhill touchdown pass off the Baker fumble. Yeah. It was just it was really great. Yeah, no, that was you ca- you capitalize on those three players you had at yeah. one o'clock. I'll say that much. Um, three players, seventy points or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to ride with the Titans, but uh, I would stay away from this one. Uh, the Chiefs are going to play the Dolphins in Miami. Chiefs have just been like unable to cover the last few weeks. They're minus seven here. Um, I mean, I, I'm i just tempted, to I guess, to take the Chiefs minus seven, but Dolphins have a great defense. I'm just still not really sold on Tua. Um, they really need to, in the offseason, get some guys around him, I think, um, offensively. I mean, you look at Burrow in Cincinnati, um, you know, when he was healthy, obviously they have a bunch of guys with T. Higgins and um, Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd and Herbert in with the Chargers has Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and, and Keenan Allen and Eckler. Like, Tua doesn't have nearly the type of weapons that those other guys have had. So, it's not so much about him. I'm just totally not sold on the offense yet. Um, And so, I just, I mean, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs. I wouldn't bet it just because they haven't been able to cover. And I kind of think they're just coasting a little bit until they get to the playoffs. But um, I'll take the Chiefs minus seven. Uh, This is my... Not best bet, but this is one spot out. Chiefs minus seven. I think this is a two-a poop spot and a Chiefs blowout. I think the Chiefs are going to blow the Dolphins out. I also would push back against what you said a little bit, Clef. I think Mike Gusecki, Devontae Parker, and Miles Gaskin, although they're probably the worst options out of Cincinnati, the Chargers, and the Dolphins, the examples you gave, those are some good players, man. Like, no, and yeah. I think that, yeah. And I think that a lot of Tua's – Problems come down to Tua, honestly. And I'm not here saying that he's a bust or that he's – I just don't know if he really is in that Herbert Burrow category. And I I don't think – that's a very high bar to be setting. Um, I wasn't the hugest Tua guy coming out of school. I think he's done a really good job for the position that he's been in. They've been winning games. He's been executing at times that he's needed to execute. But this is the reigning Super Bowl champs coming into town – they're going to score points on your defense, which not a lot of teams can do. The Chiefs will be able to do that. And you're going to have to respond. And, you know, I know I was giving a little props to the Bengals' defense, but, you know, say I can say the Bengals' defense isn't going to lie down. It's not a good defense. And you need to be able to execute to a better level against that defense if you're Tua. Um, and I think the Chiefs' defense is going to kind of rise to the occasion, and I think the Chiefs are going to run away with this one. I see this one being a two-possession or more victory by the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami. Yeah, um, if this isn't a teaser spot, I don't know what is. I will for sure be teasing this along with a couple other games. This is a perfect tease spot for Kansas City. Um, and I really actually don't want any part of Kansas City minus seven. Um, the Chiefs the Chiefs kind of have not been playing very well. Um, they are playing down to a lot of opponents. You're going to Miami, going to the Heat. And Miami's defense is legit, legit coaching staff. And their offense, 
Lee, I love what you said. Um, I think I can kind of marry both of the points that you were making. I think Miami needs a Jalen Waddle type guy, a little bit more, you know, a, G- a better version of Jakeem Grant kind of. They have Preston Williams, you have Gusecki, and you have Devontae Parker, obviously, but they need a little bit more of a field stretcher, I think. Um, and, you know, two always had that at, you know, Alabama, if it was Ruggs or um, Waddle. So that's kind of my, my take on that. Um, but I think the Dolphins' defense, man, is is very good. I think Kansas City, there's no – Kansas City should have beat Den- – should have covered against Denver probably. You know, like the Kansas City, there's just not a lot of motivation for them to blow these teams out of the water. And this is a big spot for Miami in a game that they are in a playoff race with the likes of the Raiders, the likes of the Colts, and a lot of other teams. Um, again, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City covered, but as someone who you know, has been watching Kansas City uh, intently – I had them, the Bucks game is another perfect example. I have the Kansas City minus three and a half. They're dominating that game the whole time. Um, they, go, they go conservative in the second half and let Tampa Bay come back. Against Denver, you're kicking a little bit too many field goals, not really going for it, not really a sense of urgency. So, you know, again, I'm on Kansas City just like you guys, but I'm going to be teasing this uh, down to one because I just think that's a little bit safer of a bet, and I will find a nice partner for that. Uh, at some point in the episode. Uh, Lee, do you want to take this one? These are your your two little babies here. My two babies. Yeah, that's right. I mean, first of all, uh, the New York Giants, man. Lee, Lee. Well, I mean, I know. But what's your, like, Cardinals, like, concern scale? Dude, I'll be honest with you. After uh, Kyler hurt his shoulder against Seattle – uh, I was a little bit worried. I was like, man, this is going to be a problem. And I picked the Patriots the next week. And throughout that whole game, not that whole game, I'm lying, at halftime, when Kenyon Drake didn't score on the goal line, they ran that play. I was like, the Cardinals are going to lose this game because of that possession. Like, they, this is such a Cardinals way. I felt like a Cardinals fan. I was like, this is where we lose the game. Because you can't, you're trying to play bully ball, you don't score. You leave seven points on the field, and now you're going into halftime with a three-point lead on Belichick. Like, you're not in a great position. And then turn around and, and play the, the Rams. I'm concerned, man. And, and I want to say, like, uh, it's on Kyler's shoulders. Like, I am in no way, like, necessarily disappointed with what Kyler's been doing. I just think he – like, I believe – I know – he can win from the pocket. I know he can. Like I know he's a, he's has the ability to make those throws consistently. Now it's just a matter of implementing that in year two, you know, three fourths of the way through the season, where you're in the thick of the NFC playoff run, still coming off of you know losing four of your last five or whatever it is. Um, but this is a line I usually love for Arizona, and I know Tommy loves it, but I can't. Bet this line this week. They the Arizona Cardinals need to prove to me that they can win this game before I start to say they before I start to say they can win the game again because the Giants' defense is good. I don't care what anybody says. Like their defense is good. They're going to have a game plan set up to have Kyler win from the pocket, which he hasn't been able to do the past five or six weeks. I don't think that the Cardinals' run game has necessarily alleviated much off of Kyler's shoulders. I think still there's. Too much of the offense is on his shoulders, even without him running the football that much, if you can believe that. And then 
Jones or McCoy. I was saying it last week. Like, I like Daniel Jones. I, I don't hate him. I don't think he's that good. Like, I think he's better than Colt McCoy, but it's like I think either of those guys are can win with the Giants. I don't think the Giants quarterback is winning them games, you know, at any point this year. Um, and this is just like a scrappy team. It's probably going to be cold in New York. Even if it's not that cold, like it's gonna, you're going to be playing in conditions. And I think that this line is just about right. Like, I mean, if I had to pick a side, I'm taking the Cardinals. But like I said, the Cardinals need to prove to me they can win this game before, before, they, uh, before I bet on them to win it because they have been, you know, their season's been sliding away from them. And I, uh, I don't like how fair weather people have been about Kyler, but that's kind of just the name of the game is, you know, you're on top of the world and then all of a sudden you're the uh, – you're behind the, a, a lot of people's pointed fingers. So we'll see how it plays out. I'll probably be rooting for the Cardinals, to be honest, as much as it pains me to say it, just because I think that the Card- this, is, this game is huge for the Cardinals' playoff chances. I think it's monumental, uh, considering the rest of their schedule. Um, so I'm going to be pulling for the Cardinals, but I'm not going to be necessarily disappointed if, if uh, my blue-collar G-men pull it out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Cardinals here. But like I said, man, I mean – I don't know how much faith you can really put in this team right now. Yeah, um, Lee, I think you make a lot of really good points. Uh, And, you know, something that I think you didn't mention, which deserves to be mentioned, especially since you brought it up a couple weeks ago, is Cliff Kingsbury. I think he deserves a lot of criticism, too, for the direction of this offense. You know, obviously, I think the points you made about Kyler winning from the pocket are valid. Um, But I think a lot of that falls on Cliff's shoulders, because I think a lot of you know, Kyler's play and what their game script is offensively kind of is dictated by Kingsbury. And I think Murray, to a certain extent, is kind of just a prisoner of Kingsbury's scheme. You know, that being said, um, I just think... I I would push back, Tommy, by saying that there on film, on tape, he literally hasn't been making throws. Like, there have been throws that have been there that he hasn't been making. Like, there's that criticism is valid. Like, And I yeah, understand, no, obviously, the head coach needs to take some blame. I don't take back anything. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. I think Cliff Kingsbury is putting this team in positions to win the game. I don't think they're not getting, like, necessarily blown out by anybody. Or, you know, they're not getting, you know, consistently outcoached every single week. Um, like, for example, that New England gaffe on the goal line. Like, is that a Kingsbury issue? Like, I don't. At a certain point, you just need to execute. Like you, totally. You know, and I'd say the New yeah. England game, especially. I think New England and the Rams, and you know what? I think you make good points about the Giants' defense, and I deserve to eat some crow about the Giants' defense a little bit. And side note: watch Logan Ryan on the herd the other day, Lee. I don't know if you saw that, but just a great interview. Um, he's awesome. He, he's awesome, and they and you know and as a guy, you know, I live bet Seattle. I I think I mean we'll get to Seattle eventually. I think that the majority of that game falls on Seattle's shoulders, but I think you have to give the Giants credit for how resilient they are, um, and you know their defense really. And but I will say that I do think that this is kind of a Kyler bounce back game for a lot of the reasons that you were saying, Lee. The Rams game, that Rams game was a lot closer than the final score indicated. The Patriots game, those are two teams that kind of were able to stymie him defensively. And I think that this is kind of a Kyler bounce back game. If it was above three, I probably wouldn't touch it. But the fact that it's within three, I'm getting the better quarterback. I'm getting a higher offensive floor. Um, And while, you know, I think the the people who are saying, oh, Colt McCoy is 
better for the Giants than Daniel Jones. I think that's pretty ridiculous. I do think Jones gives them Who's a higher offensive that? floor. I've just, I've I've, yeah. I've seen some conversations on Twitter, and I think their main point is valid to the fact that oh, Colt McCoy's not the turnover risk isn't there as much. But I still think that you Daniel Jones. Well, he's just, just not that big of a downgrade. He's worse, but he's not that big of a downgrade. Like it's not like you're getting. I don't think anyone could be that big of a downgrade on Daniel Jones. Like I'm not saying he's that bad, but it's like. <laughs> Daniel Jones hasn't won the Giants games this year. Like yeah. I, maybe the Philly game, he played well. Yeah. Like he ran for a lot of yards. But. I think he gives them a much higher offensive upside than than Colt McCoy. That does come with a higher turnover, um, you know, propensity for turnovers. But I'm I'm going to be on Arizona this week. I think this is a bounce back spot for them. Um, and you know, if the Giants. If I think if Giants you're going to bet the under, Giants, bet a money line. That's what I'll say. Totally, totally. Um. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals too, guys. Not too much else to, to add there. Yeah. I'd like to talk about this next one because I think this is, if not, I think this is kind of sneaky, the game of the week. I know a lot of people like the Steelers-Bills matchup. Ravens-Browns is really good too. Um, but I, I think this Vikings-Bucks game, uh, it has massive, uh, massive playoff implications. We're still like four, four or so weeks out. But at, at the moment, these look like two teams that aren't likely going to win their divisions. But are going to be right in the mix for those those three wild card spots. And uh, Tampa's been struggling recently. Minnesota uh, has been winning some close games against um, not so great teams. Uh, just going back to last week with the Jags, uh, I kind of like the I kind of like the Vikings here, honestly, plus six and a half. But maybe that's crazy. I don't know. Best bet number one: Tampa Bay minus six right. and a half, baby. I'm coming out of the woodwork with the. Best bet. I waited a little bit. You got Arians and Brady off the bye. They've been playing like absolute shite the past few weeks. You got a Vikings team that had to escape the Jags in overtime. I mean, I'll tip my cap a little bit to the Vikings because it's like, yeah, you're hanging around. But I mean, boy, this team has... It has not been fun to be a Minnesota Vikings fan this year, I don't think, at all. Even though you've now found yourself in the wild card race. Like... There's just so much that that this team has done wrong this year where they haven't been consistent. And I'll, Kirk Cousins has been a saving grace for this team. He's played incredibly well the past few weeks. And obviously with the play of Justin Jefferson, I don't, even, I don't think anyone expected him to be coming out and putting up. I mean, this is a guy who's putting up the numbers of arguably the best rookie receiver in the history of mankind. So that's been huge for them. He And this has been a really good Vikings team, but... I think Tampa Bay off the bye, we're now in that sector of the season where it's like it's playoff time a little bit. And I think Tampa Bay is going to come out and smack them in the mouth. I think they're going to, at home, they're going to you know get off to the races early. And I think the Vikings are going to be playing from behind almost the whole game. Um, and I, I, I see the Buccaneers winning this one by a touchdown. Yeah, Lee, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said, except young team money was, was shouting out Justin Jefferson. Well, yeah, you were shouting him out. You didn't. Don't you forget that young team money was shouting him out. History of 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 NFL football. Lee, he was shouting him out as long as well as every other wide receiver prospect. Exactly, you shouted out everybody except for Brian Edwards. I shouted out everybody but Brian Edwards. Yeah, shout out KJ Hill and uh, shout out you know Nikhil Harry. (laughs) Yeah, Nikhil Harry was a miss. Nikhil Harry was a miss. Um, That's why I covet separation. All right, let's get to this game. I'm with you, Lee. I'm excited Bucks. for draft season, boys. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, shout out Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Tampa Bay 
Tampa, this is the second leg of the teaser. Um, if I had to play it, I'd take Tampa Bay minus six, but I think, Lee, you summed it up. Minnesota's defense is bad. Just flat out, they're not good. They have no pass rush, and their secondary is awful. Tampa Bay is coming off the bye. I know Godwin missed practice, but I'm expecting him to be healthy. And this is just the ultimate get-right spot for the Bucks. Um, yeah, I just there's not a lot to add here. I you know I think Minnesota's offense. You guys brought up valid points. They're live. They got Dalvin. Um, they've got their receiving core. But I still think Tampa Bay's defense, even though they've had a couple of duds of performance relative to you know how they were playing earlier in the year, still a really good unit. And I just think this is a perfect bounce back spot. I mean, we saw Jacksonville was able to tear up Minnesota's defense. Um, every, you know, everybody has really been able to get have their way with Minnesota's defense. I just think this is the perfect, perfect bounce back spot for Tampa Bay coming off the bye at home. Minnesota's got to go down to Florida. Um, I just think this has this has all the makings of like a, a forty one to to twenty four uh, Tampa Bay victory. Um. The Colts are playing the Raiders. Uh, Lee, you were one of the big proponents of the Raiders kind of going into the offseason. They played – I mean, they split the Chiefs, played the Chiefs tough. Then they went to Atlanta and totally laid an egg. And then they basically should have lost to the Jets last week. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of selling Ra- this team a little bit. I don't know if that's just reacting too much to kind of what's been going on there and, and taking the, the party line. Uh, along with probably a lot of other people. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in love with the Colts either, but I Raiders kind of scare me. I'm, I'm inclined to yeah. take the Colts minus three. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't necessarily blame you. I think the Raiders have been, like, arguably the worst team in the NFL the last two weeks in terms of the performance that they've put on the field. Um, they've been missing Josh Jacobs, but, like... They have, and I, who knows if he's going to play. Um, I'm in a Raiders spot here. I'll take the Raiders in this spot. They're at home. You've played extremely disappointing football the past couple weeks. You're still in the playoff race. Not super confident. I think either team could win this game. But I don't think either of these teams are going away by any means. I don't think the Raiders are going away, even if they lose this game. I still think that these are two teams that are going to be hanging around and playing for a playoff spot up to Week 17. Um, I totally understand your your points, clap about the Raiders, but... I'm uh, I'm gonna buy right back in and say that they're gonna have a bounce back week and play the Colts close if not win. So so I'm taking the Raiders here. Yeah, Lee, I'm with you, man. I made this a a minus one for Indy, and I think this is just kind of an overreaction to the Jets game. I think Vegas coming back to the dome. Um, I think they're gonna be able to kind of have a nice. Uh, I mean, not even like their offense has been playing bad. I think the Jets game was pretty ugly, um, but still, I think this offense is live. Um, the defense is a little scrappy. I know Rivers is dealing with a little bit of a turf toe. Um, I think this is a Raiders money line play, if anything else. But that being said, you know Rivers not being in the elements, being in a dome in a controlled environment, he's going to be able to, I think, have a pretty good game. Um, and I think this is going to be, you know, these offenses kind of going back and forth. But there's no way that I'd lay lay the three with Indy right now. Um, Stay away from me, but I, I do think I actually probably will be picking the Raiders because I think this is a nice bounce back spot. Um, kind of what you think, Lee? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought you were asking him something else. Um, okay. <laughs> um, shit, where are we? All right, Jets and Jets and Seahawks. Um, you would think I'm the one sipping on Yingling, right, Tommy? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> um, Jets traveling to the Seahawks, the uh, Jamal Adams revenge game, I suppose. Uh, I'm willing to, to ride with the Seahawks minus 13 despite last week's um, collapse. Is it uh, – you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but if it wasn't – if you weren't on the, the Jets are going to go winless wagon before last week, you have to be on it now, right? Like yeah. after the way they lost last week, you know? Unless I, like I think Greg that, Williams has some sort of Matt Patricia effect of him leaving the building. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I thought that that was kind of the kiss of death. Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, that's not uh, – It's those are all teams that are going to be playing for – for not only making the playoffs, but like playoff position, home field, all that stuff. So, and three of those yeah, games are on the um, road. Boy, have the Seahawks been really disappointing the past few weeks, though. I will say. I mean, tell Tommy about been, it. Yeah. Well, I will say. Here's what I'll say, and I'm going to rub it in a little bit because <laughs> Mr. Tommy was talking about Mr. Unlimited after the trade and how great he was, and he's great. But he wasn't accepting the fact, the, the, the nature of Russell Wilson and the nature of the Seahawks, which is that, you know, it's all good until it's not for a certain period of time. Like, it's all good until they beat the Cardinals 13 to 12. Like, and, and, and Russell Wilson gets eight points in, like, a crucial game. Like, the, this has just been classic Seahawks. They do this, I don't know if it's a Pete Carroll thing. I don't know if it's a Russell Wilson thing. I, I think it may be a combination of both. And, I don't I think know it's, what I think it is, it's a but... Lee, I think it's like a front office. They are horrible drafters and team builders, but they just have Russell yeah. and DK and, and Tyler Lockett, like, and things just click sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I'm, I'm, man, talk about selling stock, man. I'm selling Seattle stock. Like, I don't think this is a team that's going to be able to grit through a playoff run. Like, there's too many things fall through the cracks with the Seattle team, and their defense is not very good. No way in heck I'm taking the Jets in this game on the spread, but if I had to take a side, I would lean with the Jets because I'm not – I don't think this, that the Seahawks are the type of team that's going to just, like, come out and smack the Jets. Like, although they could, I'm not going to bet on that. Yeah, um, I'm with you, Lee, but at the same time, I still like the Seahawks to come out of the NFC. And it obviously takes – Russell Wilson to go back to playing at an MVP level, but I think that's possible. I think the defense is coming back, um, you know, is starting to, you know, play well. I just, when Russell Wilson's on, this is the best team in the NFC. I guess it's just a question of if that's going to come, if that's going to come to fruition. You know, even with that as a precursor, I'm with you. Like, I'm if I'm playing anything, it would probably be the Jets, but I'm not going to be touching this at all. Um, and I just kind of want to watch from afar and see the Seattle's offense really bounce back against the Jets' defense that they should they should be able to pick apart. Um, I mean, they should be able to hang, be leading by 14 and a half. They should be able to be able to cover the spread at half and being able to kind of score at will. And this is a Russell Wilson uh, bounce back game. I thought that the Giants game, man, was just despicable. And I think you got to give a shout out to the Giants because they had a, a plan. But Klepp, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the front office and you're getting injuries that offensive line now and they're not being able to hold up as well. And we're seeing Russell Wilson kind of pay the price for that. And, you know, Bradbury uh, did a really nice job on DK and then Lockett is only good for what, like, you know, eight receptions for like 70 yards. And you really need DK being that X factor and that field stretcher. So, um, 
you know, I still, when I look at the NFC, man, it's just like, I want to fade New Orleans, and I don't really believe in Tampa Bay that much. And I guess the Rams, I really should Dude, all it takes is one game. That's the thing. It's like, completely. You can't think, you can't overthink it. Like, I don't know. I I understand if you think Seattle's going to come out. I just don't think they have. The Seahawks are, you know. are like plus fourteen hundred to win the NFC right now. I just think that's a really good price, and it's something that I'm, I'd be willing to take, um, just because I think the it's kind of relatively wide open. And you guys both alluded to it, like when Seattle's on and they're playing their games, they're the closest thing to the Chiefs in the NFL. So um, I'm you know staying away from this game, but I'm really hoping and expecting to see Seattle come out of the gates blazing. Detroit baby. 1-0 in the Bevel era. Um, haven't talked too much about it, I guess, on, on the podcast. But, I mean, uh, based on two, just some of the reporting that came out after the game, I think it's pretty uh, pretty safe to say if Matt Patricia was coaching that game in Chicago that they would not have won. Um, so, with four games left, the Lions play the Packers, Titans, the Buccaneers, and the Vikings. I kind of expect them to lose those four games. I'm happy for Bevel and the team that they that they won in Chicago. I'm not like team tank for the pick or whatever. Um, a lot of decisions to be made about this team. The defense is just horrible. I mean, it, Patricia left. That's not going to fix the the players that he brought in in the scheme. It it's not like I don't really blame them. It's just like they were set up to fail and they're not meant to. It, Cordell Patterson had 5.9 yards per carry. Like, how does that happen? It's it's horrible. It, you know, so it's like, whatever. They kind of got lucky and, and won the game. Stafford played his best game of the season, in my opinion, and still had the brutal turnover that has been very characteristic of all of their losses this year. So uh, give me the Packers minus eight. <coughs> yeah, I'm with you, Club Packers minus eight. Not too much more to add on. Um, I will say, though, I'm with you, though. I don't want them to lose for the draft pick or anything. I'd like to see them kind of rally and play tough finish the year strong oh i'd love to see him beat green bay i hate the packers yeah i mean it, yeah. it'd be sweet i it's like it there's a big weight lifted off my shoulder honestly because i was rooting against them just because patricia was still there and i was terrified of them like the worst case scenario was you know covid canceling games and oh there's eight teams and the lions somehow sneak in and he and quinn stay just like with that potential possibility now completely removed um, it's freeing. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to repeat my talking points from the last last week's Graveyard episode. I said the albatross of Patricia is gone. And I think we saw that come to fruition. And I guess I'm on Lions Island, baby, with the points. Oh, I'm not going to take them to win, but you guys are crazy for taking the Packers minus eight. The Packers let – you saw what happened in Philly last week. Had, I mean, I don't – you know, Jalen Hurts looked good, but I don't think that was, you know – the Lions' offense is live. They're playing inspired football under Daryl Bevel with Matt Patricia gone. And while I expect Green Bay to win, again, it's just kind of like the Chiefs. There's just not a lot of impetus for them to blow them out. And even if they are, like they, they had that Philly game in the bag, and Hurts comes in and there's a spark to, to Philly. And I think the Lions' offense isn't going to be going away. Um, is Galladay going to be back? Probably. He didn't practice there. today. Swift practiced. He didn't, but Swift did? Yep. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, Tommy over under 275 receiving yards for Devontae Adams. Just slightly under. 
I, mean, so I don't know yeah, who's no, going to cover him. It's like they're, they're yeah. no one, no, yeah. but no one can cover Devonte Adams. Like Devonte Adams is going to get where's his. Okuda? He's, What's just, he doing? He's just right hurt. Now? He's just hurt. Is he I, hurt. I don't know. I, he has a shoulder like, injury. Yeah, I, I don't. Pump some Toradol yeah. in there and get out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Packers are going to get theirs. I guess I'm just making more of a point of the Lions' offense being a being a scrappy unit. Swift comes back in. That's a, a dynamic playmaker. The Packers' linebackers are awful. I don't know why Hawkinson isn't getting fed. You know, we're starting to see that more. But when if Galladay's out, that just means even more for Hawkinson. I double crush the the Hawkinson receiving yards and reception props. I'm going to be doing it again if Galladay's out because he's just kind of the focal point of their offense. And we saw earlier in the year the Lions were what they were up on the Packers, 21-7, and then they let to zero. Like, four, yeah, fourteen zero and. <laughs> Let 30, 30 unanswered or something from Green Bay. That's um, the team you're siding with right now. Yeah, by that, the way. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> why we're not siding with the Lions. And, and you're, it's like I don't care what the what Philly did against the Packers. That, that's completely well, irrelevant. It's not only it's not only Philly. It's not only Philly. It's just a bad team. Yeah, they and are. But they, we're so talking about they, a Lions team that should not have won last week. Yeah. Like, let's get that straight. I'm happy they won. And I in the, the lost graveyard episode, they were in my best bets, which is great. That feels great, but. They should not have won that game. Like they, yeah. they had there had to be a there had to be like a, a a significant amount of heroics that happened in order for them to win that game against Chicago, who was scoring thirty points on them. So like, I don't know if they're going to be not, going score for score with the Packers, like you're kind of saying. Like, well, I, it's, I think it's even it, if it's yes. close at halftime, I think this is a game where the Packers are going to outscore the Lions by seventeen to twenty points in the second half, and it's just going to be. I don't want to be on the Packers minus eight when they're up 14 and the Lions can score in garbage time. Like, the Lions are going to backdoor this. Prophecy it. Put in the prophecy. If you bet the Packers, you're going to get backdoored. I can guarantee it because the the Jaguars game, the Eagles game, the Packers defense is solid, but they're just not – they're not like an elite unit. And I think the Lions offense, like, they can score. Like, look what they did. The Bears defense is a good defense, man. Like – and obviously, nah. we're getting to the point of the time where nah. they're starting to quit. Like the, you could probably think that they're starting to quit on, um, you know, the offense and kind of Nagy as a whole. But Stafford's playing inspired football. Like I, I just don't want to take the Packers. It's tease the Packers or, or Lions plus eight for me. So that's where I'm at. If you get the Packers at minus two, I'd be happy to do that. Chargers and Falcons. Uh, Chargers probably laid the biggest egg of the season. Maybe like. For any team, potentially. I mean, it was a disastrous game for them uh, in in at home against New England. I think their their first four punts of the game, they had three too many men or not enough men penalties or some sort of ridiculous thing like that. Anthony Lynn is now captaining the special teams ship, so all all should be fixed uh, in that regard. Um, I don't know. I'll. I would not bet this game. I think these are two pretty horrible teams who can either have great games or terrible games week to week. So I'd lean Falcons minus two and a half. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I hate, I hate the Falcons. Yeah. I hate the Falcons. Yeah. Like they've become like my least favorite team in the NFL now because of because I they trick me into picking them sometimes and every time I look like an ass for doing it. <laughs> Like, that's all the Falcons have been good for this year. And then when I pick against them, they make me look like an ass for picking against them. 
Yeah, they beat the Raiders, they beat the Vikings, and then when I picked them to beat the Saints, which is the only thing they need to do, is like win a game against the Saints. How about that? Because it's supposed to be like an NFC South rivalry, and they get waxed by Taysom Hill two times in three weeks. You're getting waxed by Taysom Hill. Good job. I don't – I'm – I'll give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers in this game on the money line. Um, but, yeah, I'm not putting any significant amount on it. Yeah, if I gunned ahead for the spread, I'd take the Falcons. But, Lee, you're right, Chargers money line. But this is another classic. Obviously, last week they lost by 45. But I brought it up on the Graveyard episode. i got to bring it up again because people haven't heard. Up until last week, and I guess include, so now including last week, the Chargers are, I guess it would be 10-2. and two, So they were 10 and, or they're 11 and 2 now on teasers if you were to tease them all year. And if you take out last week, They'd only lost a teaser one time, and it was against Carolina. Um, I would I would love to have some Chargers plus eight and a half right here. Um, just more for what Lee was talking about with the Falcons. The Falcons' defense is bad. They're not going to be able to do the same things. That that New England game, you get, what, two special teams touchdowns. You get a blocked a kick return and a blocked uh, punt, and you have, like, Cam doing him. It was just like the Patriots being so much better coached. Lee and I talked about it last week. Um, you know, if you switch the coaches on the team, the Chargers are probably 10-point favorites against the Patriots. The Patriots roster is not good. Um, I think Herbert, this is a good bounce-back game for him. There's no pass rush in Atlanta. Their secondary is eh. And this is just going to be kind of an offensive shootout, and Atlanta can kind of get theirs. But I want no part in Atlanta and would like to see the Chargers bounce back here. Do you like an overspot here, Tommy, 49? Oh, totally. Yeah, I definitely do. I didn't even see that. What do you think? Twenty to thirteen, Chargers win. All right, so that's <laughs> going to happen. Um, week four of the Taysom Hill experience. He's going up against Jalen Hurts in Philly. Saints are minus seven. Um, Jalen Hurts showed you know a somewhat of a spark, but he's going up against kind of garbage time defense, and um, so who's to say you know what it's going to look like? I mean, the Saints. What a what a team to play for your first start. I mean. Uh, I'm not all in on the Saints. I, I think our podcast is just probably generally lower on the Saints than most other people, for right or for wrong. But um, pretty. They've br- took a, they've took all of us for a ride. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, pretty pretty brutal defense though to go up against for your first start. So I, I would just I think I would lean minus seven. Taysom Hill hasn't shown that he's a complete liability, uh, and the Eagles have been a pretty terrible team so far and. You know, rookie quarterback first start against the Saints defense. I think minus seven is probably where most of the money will be. I wouldn't bet it just because I don't love the Saints and still would just be concerned about Taysom Hill's ability to, you know, put together drives consistently. But through his first passing touchdowns last week, so who knows? I mean, when, when it's all said and done, he could be the quarterback of the future there. So, best bet number two, Saints minus seven. Yeah. Uh, Faded Jalen Hurts a whole heck of a lot in his year at Oklahoma, and uh, I won a good amount of money fading Jalen Hurts, so I'm going to do that again now. Um, don't think that – obviously Carson Wentz has been brutal, so I'm not going to sit here and try to say that Jalen Wentz is some huge downgrade, but uh, I think he's going to – I think they're kind of throwing him in to the Wolves, to the Saints defense, and Saints have kind of just been chugging along. You know, I've been disrespecting them, picking against them. They've just been chugging along. Sean Payton has been doing a phenomenal job coaching the team. Their defense is getting better by the week. Um, I think they're going to run away with this one. I think that Jalen Hurts is going to get eaten alive uh, at 425 Eastern time at the link. 
I think that it's going to be a drubbing. So I'm, I'm on the Saints here, minus seven. And talk about a Tommy Murray teaser. This will be the first leg teasing the Saints down to minus one of my, of my inaugural best bets teaser that I'm going to be doing this week. Ooh. So I got best bet number two on the Saints minus seven, and they will be the first leg of my best bet teaser. Interesting. So does that mean that the second leg is yet to come? The second leg you're is not, yet, it is yet to come, the second leg, yes. You're not gonna you're not gonna hammer those those bucks on the tees, man? You could. You absolutely could. But that was a, your first best bet, right? Yeah, that was my first best bet. So I, I mean I'm all over that tease, but for my inaugural teaser, I'm spreading the wealth a little bit. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna put another you. team in there. Um that is yet to come. I have my guess for what that team will be, Lee, and I'll let you know if I'm right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll play that game too. Not slim pickings. We got three games left. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints are going to win, but I'm not. I mean, the teaser definitely is enticing to get it down to one, but I think there's better numbers on the board. Um, I guess I'd say I was the highest on Jalen Hurts. Not that even I was that high on him, but I do think that he could be develop into like a Dak Dak Prescott light type of guy. I really, I really, I really think that it's a brutal take, man. That's a brutal take. What happened? When, when did you start liking Dak? What, what, you know, like what do you what? mean liking Dak? Dak is like a consistent starting NFL quarterback. Like Jalen Hurts will never be a consistent starting NFL quarterback. He's not as accurate as Dak is. He's not as big as Dak is. I think and they're very they're very similar coming out. And I know you're rightly it was garbage time, but that ball he threw to Rager was beautiful, man. That was a beautiful ball. And if every can do quarterback that in the NFL can throw a beautiful pass, like. I don't yeah. know if Jalen Hurts can be like a, I, like a, a winning I think, NFL quarterback, which is I think you're selling I his. I, Dak. I think Dak is muscular Kirk Cousins. That's my take. <laughs> I think I can say what I want about Dak. I don't think Jalen Hurts will ever be a starting, consistent NFL quarterback. Not never mind a winning, starting, consistent NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I'm not going to say that I think Jalen Hurts is, is – I think he can develop into that. And, you know, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick for a reason. I think they're kind of similar coming out of – Jalen Hurts is a winner, man. Like, I would want him on my team. All he did is win his, his whole college career. Um, not I think at OU. Yeah, I think he's a gamer and he's got crit. Yeah, he didn't win at OU. He also went up against LSU. I mean, he wasn't – I don't think he was bad at OU. And who hasn't won at Alabama? Yeah, I mean, Jake Coker was winning games at Alabama. Blake Sims, you know, I – yeah, he's a winner. He played for Alabama, and then none he of those guys. To none of those guys won national championships, unless maybe Blake Sims did. Um, Coker won a national championship, my dude. Did he win his freshman year? It wasn't his freshman year. Well, I know he the two year, obviously, State. but um, yeah, I, you know, I think I think Hertz can be. I think Hertz can be lively. He's got mobility. I think he can make plays with his arm, uh, and I think you can build an offense around that in the in the NFL and in, in today's day and age and. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be back in Philly. I'm I'm really curious to see how this this game plays out. And on the other side, Clap, I think you raise a really you know good point that I know will make you and your your dynasty league a little happy. But I think it's a valid point about Taysom Hill potentially being the quarterback next year. I really thought this was going to be a Jameis you know type situation when they signed him, but I think Sean Payton believes that Taysom Hill can be Steve Young. He called him that before. He says he has that type of skill set. I I think he truly believes that and. He's kind of at least he's proven me wrong. He's Taysom Hill has looked a lot better than than I really thought, and I think a lot of that has to do with the structure around New Orleans, which is why New Orleans has been a bit of a blue chip for the the last couple of years. 
Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be picking the Saints to win. I, I like Lee's move on the tees, but I don't want to touch the points just because I could see some, some garbage time uh, in Philly. Let's get through these last couple games here. Uh, the Washington football team going to this travel to the 49ers. Man, Washington. Best team in the NFC East, you mean? What? I'm talking about the best it, team in the NFC East. Washington's look good. I mean, they play tough defense, and Alex Smith doesn't really make mistakes. So um, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know. I'll go Washington plus three. Tommy's lucky that Ron Rivera benched Dwayne Haskins' bum ass and that Kyle <laughs> Allen snapped his ankle because Alex Smith has been incredible. Yeah. He's been incredible for Washington. Like, I can't. Washington, New York, it's been fun. I obviously like it sucked last week. The Giants beat the Seahawks, and, and then the, the Washington beats Pittsburgh. Like, I, <laughs> of course, that happens. I mean, it's all in good fun. It's a great race. I think both of us obviously think we have a chance of winning, which is fun. I had no intention that it was going to turn into the NFC East playoff race, but I mean, that just makes it that much better. Not a team I want to bet against, Washington. Not a team I want to bet against. Almost similar to the Giants. It's like not really a team I want to go up against because they play hard, they have good defense. And, uh, boy, Alex Smith has been impressive, in my opinion. Not, obviously, taking the top off any defenses, but just protecting the football, being accurate, making good decisions, getting first downs, and, boy. How about, he, he how really about J.D. McKissick on the, on the check down, man? J.D. McKissick is just his guy. Getting, He's like, ten receptions a game. Yeah, yep. McKissick. Um, I'm going to take the Niners minus three, but not going to bet the game and not really necessarily extremely confident that, Nick Mullins and company are going to like take down Washington. I do think they're going to win though at home, coming off the loss, still kind of in the mix um, in in the playoff conversation. I know they're kind of in the the division from hell in the NFC West, but uh, I, I think they'll make enough plays to beat Washington. But like I said, will not be playing the game personally. Uh, no, uh, no Antonio Gibson, big. Uh... Big, big reason why the buy was important for the apps, but turf toe. Oh, yeah, so huge. Unsure if that's you know going to come back, but they fared decently well against Pittsburgh without him. I'll say that yeah. much. I mean, boy, it was just kind of next man up. Yeah, um, I'll touch on it real quick. You know, obviously, I think the football team, you know, is is really the best team in the NFC East, and all the things that I was saying about their defense, I think, has kind of come to fruition. Um, and then you know, you guys brought up Alex Smith and. All that has been true. Like he's taking care of the football. He's been a game manager to the max. Um, J.D. McKissick. You know, even the most surprising thing to me was kind of the thing that I guess would make the most the scariest thing about their offense was McLaurin only had two receptions, and they still were able to kind of matriculate the ball down the field against a really good Steelers defense. Logan Thomas getting involved. McKissick I brought up. Cam Sims. Um, so. You know, I think this team is, they're well coached. They've, their defense is really good. Um, and, you know, the offense is what it is. But that being said, the line opened at five and a half. Washington's taken, taken a lot of money. I, I took it at, a, I placed it at around three and a half for San Francisco. And I think San Francisco's the side here. Um, I think Trent Williams versus Chase Young is something that I'm going to be really interested in watching. And I Trent think. Trent Williams versus the former team, too. They slighted him. That's that is true. I wouldn't even think about Kyle Shanahan against his former team Kyle as well. <laughs> so, um, but again, you know, you know, man, Alex a broken Smith. record. Alex, Alex Smith. Alex, Alex Smith. Whoa, how uh, how deep are we about to go here? Reuben Foster 
Really? Even though he hasn't played it down, is man. Vernon da- can I get a Vernon Davis sighting, possibly? <laughs> can we- Dude, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Oh, my. <laughs> where's Jim, where's Jim Tomsula at? Jim Tomsula. Exactly. Um, yeah, a lot of connections that we just pointed out on the fly. That wasn't even planned. Um, but Kyle Shanahan, he's that guy. He's that dude. And I just got to take him over uh, Rivera and Washington. You know, I think I would love to have this under three, but at three, I think this is a nice bounce back spot for San Francisco. And I think their offense can kind of take advantage uh, and scheme up a lot of stuff against Washington secondary. I think Ayuk, Debo, um, Jordan Reed, I think they're going to be able to, to put some points up. I probably won't play it. Um, yeah, so I think this is going to be a nice gritty defensive battle with two teams that are a little bit similar. Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I think I still think the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's a really good team. Um, you know, they're probably not on the level of of the Chiefs, but they, I still I still believe in them. Uh, it's going to be really interesting though to see how they play against the Bills. I mean, these are these are two of the top teams in the AFC just by performance and record. Um, Bills need to keep winning games to to keep the Dolphins off of their tails as well and potentially even uh, the Patriots if they continue to string wins together. Uh, I like the Bills here minus two and a half, though, but um, the Steelers just haven't played very well the last two weeks. Uh, this is my teaser, Steelers, right. up to eight and a half um, to, to finish off that two-team teaser. I was um, right. Yeah, so, I, like, I thought uh, he was going to go Ravens. but I like, the, mm. I like the Steelers to win this game. Um, I think that Buffalo is good. The Steelers are good. Like you said, Clep, these are two top teams in the AFC. But coming off the loss, getting to play the underdog role again, I think Tomlin's going to have those guys motivated. Primetime game. Really excited to uh, to watch this game. A little revenge for this clinical, or sorry, not clinical, critical game in the Zeese bet last year. It was Buffalo yep. coming to Pittsburgh and winning that game. Sunday night football in the Steelers Sunday exactly so I'm gonna turn right back around and, and, and back the Steelers on Sunday night football this time in Buffalo uh, get a little pressure on Josh Allen I think man I mean some of these injuries that the Steelers have been experiencing have been pretty brutal for them now Spillane goes down Devin Bush's replacement so they're gonna to have to kind of try to get creative here with what they're gonna do depth wise defensively but I've got faith that the Steelers team is gonna bounce back I think we're in for a really good game on Sunday. That's why I think tease is the right move. I think it'll be really close um, as, as time ticks down in the fourth quarter in this one. But I'm, I, I lean Steelers here. Little inside joke that not a lot of the viewers will, will understand. But Lee, I'm pretty sure this was the, uh, the Austin Shear. I think we've had enough football game from last year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> because we were watching that game on Sunday night and it was, you know, it was like a 30 point game. It was like 17 14. I think the Bills won and it was just an absolute yeah. defense uh, chess match. And uh, the layman, the layman NFL fan, uh, Austin Shear was not was not pleased was not pleased with it. Yeah. So I, uh, again, another another point that was made in last week's pod, man. I really wanted to back Buffalo here because I was assuming that Pittsburgh was going to beat Washington. Um, Lee and I both run Buffalo against San Francisco, but I think this is a pretty big market uh, overreaction, man. This line opened at minus two and a half last week when I did this. Um, and I, I priced it at minus two for Pittsburgh, and now we're, we've gone over zero to now Buffalo minus two and a half. Um, I mentioned it in the podcast again last week that no one will ever hear, 
what did I say, Lee? I said this is Josh Allen's ceiling. What we're what we're seeing right now, and I think that's what makes Buffalo the second best team in the AFC. And I think this is a buff. I want to you know again. I don't like backing Buffalo at this price, but this is. I mean, Buffalo is just better than Pittsburgh. I think. I think Pittsburgh's offense is limited. I think we saw that against Washington. That's something I said last week. Um, I think that Buffalo has the offensive firepower to beat Pittsburgh, and I don't think that Pittsburgh's going to be able to have an answer, really, especially in Buffalo and in the weather. I just think that I'm getting a better quarterback right now in Josh Allen, a better offense, really, with what Dable's cooking up with the Bills. Um, and Sean McDermott's a really good head coach. I'm, I'm really pumped to watch this game. Um, I think there's probably value on Pittsburgh. I mean, this is I think this is going to be a pretty close game. Um, but I think this is an overlook, man, at 46. I like the over in this game. I, I do want to say, too, from watching the game last week, the Steelers game, uh, Chase Claypool is the best pass catcher on the Steelers, like without a doubt in my mind. Easily, like, easily. There's easily. no way he shouldn't be getting more targets. Freaking fantasy aside, all that aside. Like watching Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson drop the ball as much as they did. And I know Deontay Johnson is a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. He's, he's really good. He's like, so he's maddening though. He's, Nasty routes. Chase Claypool is different, like different, different. Like he is a number one receiver that can go win a lot of 50, 50 balls and he's physical. And this is a guy that I'm watching this Washington game. Like, where the heck is Claypool? He's getting like four receptions and like four or five targets. Like I, I, they need to get him more looks. I mean, Eric Ebron in that game, dude. Like, <laughs> just like he's say what you want about he's about him getting ten fantasy points. Congratulations, he sucks. He's terrible. He's so bad. So, anyways, and Lee, I think if I could just interrupt real quick. That's kind of my point, man. Like, that's, for me, I completely agree. But that's why Juju's getting nine receptions for 30 yards. It's because Ben, like, that's their offense, it, dude. It's like, that's why Ben has looked so good. It's because he gets the ball out in, like, two seconds. And his average depth of target is probably, like, five or seven yards. Like, it's all right, you know, it's just, like, game yeah. managing, really. And but they've just, still been managing to consistently get Claypool looks, you know, 12 to 15 plus yards down the field like they yeah. still managed to do that and i think that in every game plan there should be a couple wrinkles that include getting claypool looks in one-on-one -on -one coverage because it won't be there for much longer this is a guy who's probably going to warrant more attention as his career goes on like this is someone who i think needs to be getting more opportunities uh you know to be catching 50 50 balls that i want to see alter the, oh. the the flow of a game i want to see Tredavious white check claypool that's what I would do if I'm Buffalo. Just neutralize them. Let Juju and Deontay Johnson do what they want in Ebron, like you alluded to, do what they want under and just eliminate the deep ball, kind of. And I think, you know, last point, I think, Lee, like what we saw, that's just kind of a testament to Washington's defense and what they're able to do from a pass rushing perspective. Like, Ben was not comfortable the whole game. He's getting beat up. And well, that's no, I mean, how... we're talking about drops here, dude. Like, you know, no, I don't think that I know, has to but do with Washington's defense. Why they're not able to attack the ball you know, vertically and down the field. That's kind of the point I was making. Yeah. Chris Collinsworth is going to have to go back to his women in Pittsburgh for some tape study before this one, right? <laughs> Get that preparation in on Microsoft Teams. That's what, it, that's what it's going to be. Um, last game of the week, 
Ravens at the Browns. Lee, I thought you were going to take Ravens uh, on, a, on a little teaser here. But uh, this is an interesting game. I think all of us have kind of thought of the Browns as a pretty solid roster with a below-average quarterback who was benefiting from a really weak schedule. But, I mean, if they come and win this one, back-to-back wins against the Titans and, and Ravens would somewhat speak for itself. Uh, in terms of maybe what they could even do come playoff time. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens minus one, though. I'm, I kind of just think last week, I mean, the Titans defense has been pretty bad all year. Browns even kind of let them back in it, uh, which in the second half. So uh, I'll take the Ravens minus one. But, I mean, this would be a huge win for the Browns if they pull it off. Best bet number three, baby. Coming in hot. Ravens minus one. Uh, I don't need to tease them because I like them minus one. Um Got to tip your cap to Cleveland after last week against Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee, not a not a great defense, but still. I mean, going in and playing a good team as well as they played, I, I think I would say that that was probably the best game of Baker Mayfield's professional career uh, as a quarterback. Looked really impressive. Um, what Stefanski's done with the offense has been really impressive. I mean, obviously, I don't know. I, I don't think that last week is like a testament to who the Cleveland Browns are. I don't think they're going to come up and, and put 41 on you week in and week out. But that's it's a team that at the very least is capable of doing that. They will 100% be in the playoff conversation. I think they're a win or two away from probably clinching this game on Monday night at home. Getting over this hump of Baltimore the past few years would be huge for them. I don't think they're going to do it, but I mean, boy, it would be huge for the Browns to win this game. I think the Ravens are going to come in and uh, play with a chip on their shoulder and smack Cleveland down like they have um, in recent history. So I'm on the Ravens here, but I really can't wait to watch this game. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm with you, Lee, man. I think this is the perfect buy low spot on the Ravens. Um, And, you know, I want to... My personal coach of the year is Kevin Stefanski, man. I think what he's done for the Browns, I think, can't be um, understated. I think what they were able to do to Tennessee, I just think, yes, Tennessee's defense has not been good, especially in their secondary. They don't have much of a pass rush. But I think what they were able to do is just a testament to Stefanski and the scheme that they're running, what they're able to do running the ball, how well Nick Chubb is playing, and then you know how that kind of leads to, to Baker Mayfield being able to have, find success. But that being said... Baltimore's defense, I've been beating their drum all year. I think, you know, what was the score week one? It was, what, 36-6 to or something like that? I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. But Martindale, Wink Martindale, knows how to get after Baker Mayfield. This He's familiar with him. They they know this team. Um, and then, you know, Cleveland's defense, you know, Clep, you alluded to it, how Tennessee was uh, able to come back in. I think the Baltimore's offense is starting to hit a little bit of a stride right now um, with Lamar being back. And, you know, what he's able to do rushing the rushing the ball. And I just don't like how Cleveland matches up with them. Like, not many people can check Lamar. And there's certainly no one on, uh, you know, in Cleveland's, you know, linebacking core or secondary that really can stick with him. So I think this is a great bounce-back spot for Baltimore. Um, and, and I'm going to be probably betting Baltimore. And I definitely think, you know, I'm really pumped to watch this game like you guys are. Yeah, I mean, especially, too, if you get Hollywood Brown going a little bit more, too. Two touchdowns the last two weeks after doing nothing all year. Um, that's huge for them. Last thing, last thing to say before we uh, sign off and last thing to say about this game or about the Browns is, uh, Tommy, have fun with Rashard Higgins, man. Great player. Enjoy him. I saw I, he's getting he's in the talks for extension. This is my thought process. Your boy Odell, he's done. He's out of Cleveland. 
Richard Higgins, Jarvis is getting up there. He's about to be up after a year. They obviously like him in-house. And, yeah, I'll take a flyer on Rashad Higgins, see how he finishes the year out. Thanks to the, the taxi squad uh, loophole where I can just I can put Van Jefferson back on the taxi squad, I can still evaluate Edo Smith, Jeff Wilson, Rashad Higgins. So I've got some, some mid-20s prospects that I'm evaluating right now. So Are we off the horn? <laughs> we're, we're not off the we horn. We can be. Uh, can no, you stay I scheming? I was just wondering. I, had a, I went and took a leak. I, was, I came back and Tommy's talking about Van Jefferson. No, so. no, I, I can't. Lee, I can't see you. So, no. yeah, you've been on. A, I've seen talk. your little red line selfie the whole time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the whole time? Yeah, you're yeah. not on. You're not on video. 